Today is Monday, October 23rd, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. Two Americans who had been held hostage in Gaza since Hamas's October 7th massacre were freed on Friday following an agreement between Hamas and the Qatari government. Judith Renan and her 17-year-old daughter Natalie were released to the Israeli military, though approximately 200 hostages are believed to remain in Gaza. In terms of the military campaign, both Hamas and the IDF continue to fire rockets at each other, though the two weeks imminent ground invasion by the IDF still has not begun. An Israeli official said on Friday that it does not plan to take control of Gaza in the long term, beyond its goal of rooting out Hamas militants. Meanwhile, Israel says that it has evacuated between 100 and 200,000 people under missile threat, as they're also facing attacks on their northern border from Iran-backed Hezbollah militants from Lebanon. The IDF has since responded by expanding their own strikes into Lebanon, Syria, and the West Bank, with experts fearing that the potential for escalation is extremely high in the north. Regarding humanitarian aid for Palestinians in Gaza, on Saturday, Egypt briefly opened the Rafah crossing into southern Gaza and allowed 20 trucks carrying humanitarian aid to enter, which held food, water, and medicine, but no fuel. Under the U.S.-brokered agreement, the next round of aid is possibly expected into Gaza today, while the Israeli government has demanded to see proof that aid deliveries are not seized or diverted by Hamas before authorizing further deliveries. To that end, the UN has said that verification procedures are still under discussion, and until that's worked out, substantial quantities of humanitarian aid will continue to wait at the crossing until it's authorized to enter Gaza. Also this weekend, a bipartisan group of 10 U.S. senators, five Democrats and five Republicans, took a trip to the region where they met with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman on Saturday, where they urged him to offer humanitarian funding to Gazan civilians. This particular delegation actually had prior plans for this trip before the war. They were originally scheduled to be in the neighborhood to promote the forthcoming Israel-Saudi deal to normalize relations. But instead, on Sunday, they held a press conference in Tel Aviv, where they reinforced their support for Israel and for destroying Hamas, as well as their hopeful vision for after that happens. The president of the board of a synagogue in downtown Detroit, Samantha Wall, was found stabbed to death outside her home on Saturday morning. The Detroit Police Department said that their homicide unit is investigating the case, alongside the FBI and Michigan State Police. But they say that a suspect and motive are not yet known. Hard to imagine what one would be. In addition to synagogue president, Wall was also the founder of the Muslim Jewish Forum of Detroit, a grassroots organization aimed at building relations between young adults of those faiths. And Detroit Mayor Mike Dugan said in a statement that Wall's death, quote, left a huge hole in the Detroit community. The U.S. House of Representatives now enters its third week without a permanent speaker. And after losing a third round of voting on Friday, Representative Jim Jordan has dipped out of the speaker's race. With that, nine Republican members of Congress have joined in the race. Those nine are Representatives Kevin Hearn, Jack Bergman, Byron Donalds, Pete Sessions, Austin Scott, who definitely sounds like three other congressmen in a trench coat, Tom Emmer, Mike Johnson, Dan Messer, and Gary Palmer, a list that sounds like ChatGPT naming white men. The GOP will meet this evening at 6.30 p.m. for a candidate forum, where each will make their case to be speaker. 
followed by a vote among the GOP for who they will nominate tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., with the intention of moving that nominee to the full House of Representatives for the official speaker vote later on Tuesday. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy called the repeated failure to elect a new speaker, quote, embarrassing for the Republican Party and the country. And truly, who would know embarrassment better than Donald's Kevin? Speaking of Donald, for our final story today, two of Trump's 18 co-defendants in the 2020 election interference case in Georgia have pled guilty. In other words, they have flipped on the boss and have requested speedy trial dates in doing so. And these weren't just any two of Trump's co-defendants. These were diehards and household names, at least among households that are keeping track. Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesborough. On Thursday, Powell pleaded guilty to six counts of conspiracy to interfere with election duties and agreed to testify at future trials in the case, as well as to write a letter apologizing to Georgia citizens. How quaint. The next day, Chesborough pleaded guilty to one felony count of conspiracy to file false documents, and he will face the same requirements to testify at future trials and to write a very sad handwritten and largely symbolic letter. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.